you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious and most holy Lord, it is you that we have come to worship and to hear from. We thank you that you have already spoken in the service. We ask that you would continue to speak. Give us ears to hear and hearts that would be courageous to follow you wherever it is you're calling us to stay. For it is in your good name we pray and trust. Amen. Amen. I am uh, I'm grateful to be here today and sad for the reasons, and I know that all of our hearts go out to the fosters and just know that I know they're watching today and just know that our love and uh, prayers are with you. Just pray for speedy recovery and right back here next week and, and rolling. It, um, it's always a special day uh, when anyone confirms their faith, and uh, today is no different. And so I'm glad that we could be here together uh, for that. I thought I would preach a sermon just for the confirmands. Isn't that exactly what you wanted? Paige is like, yes. I knew the sermon was coming just for me today. Um, And if you all want to listen, you are welcome to. Um, If you want to do your grocery list, that's between you and Jesus. Um, But um, no. No, it is, it, yes, click list. Yeah, that, that's so, you could have it be ready by the time we're done, yes. Um, just let me know when I need to finish so you can be there in time. But here's our prayer for you, confirmands. Here's our prayer for you. James said, who is wise and understanding among you? Our prayer is that you would be those who are wise and understanding Wisdom is this whole book of James is about wisdom. And, uh, and when you begin to think about wisdom, it, it's good to start with a definition just like in school. Now, I promise we won't go through many definitions, but just like school, you need a definition. Wisdom is knowing God's will and having the ability to do it. Knowing God's will. So knowing God, what God wants done in the world and wants you to do and then having the ability to do it. Those two things together are wisdom. And it is really incredibly important that we all have wisdom, that we all know what God's way is, and we all have the ability to do it. Now, there has been some conversation about, is wisdom, are we born with wisdom, or can we get it some other way? Is it nature, is it nurture? Is it like your eye color that you're just born wise or not? Or your hair color? I can tell you, all of my kids right now, they're counting every gray hair that comes in because they know they have serious issues because, you know, they're mine. And so they know at some point their hair color will be completely gone and it'll be blonde like mine. And, and they're like, but we like brown or whatever color it may be at the time. So is it something, is wisdom something that you're just born with and you either have it or you don't? Or is it something that you could learn? The book of James begins the first chapter. It says, if any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God. 
How awesome is that? Wisdom isn't something we're, near, we're just born with, but it is a gift that we are given from God. And you know how you receive a gift? How do you receive a gift? Just like this. You need to, can you do this for me? This is how we receive a gift. Now, I had a birthday two weeks ago. It's okay, you didn't get me a gift. It's all right. It'll be okay. I had a birthday two weeks ago, and I got a pair of shoes. I know in your 50s, your whole thing changes, right? But I got a new pair of shoes. Now, can you imagine if I got a new pair of shoes and left them in my closet for the next 10 years and never wore them? That would be like getting a gift and never putting it to use. And I wonder how often God gives us this gift of wisdom and we don't ever use it. And it sort of stays in our closet. That pair of shoes that I was given was given to me by someone that loves me and wants me to use. And need, I, they know I need another pair of shoes because I have holes in them and it's become embarrassing to them. Um, so it's good that I have a pair of shoes. But if I don't ever wear them, the gift is useless. And I think that's really important when we talk about wisdom. Because God gives to all of us wisdom. And we receive it with open hands. But then, what do we do with it? Because God doesn't just tell us how to figure out his ways and give us the ability to do it if he doesn't want us to do something with it. And so my first prayer is that you would be wise and understanding. And my second prayer is that you would not leave the wisdom that God gives in the closet. You wouldn't just leave it behind, but you would put it into practice every day. So how do we do that? I think that's a really important part. How do we do that? What, what's today's date? October? No, it's not October yet. It's September 26th, right? Four more days of the best month of the year. And then it all, you know, four more days until October. Let me tell you what happens October 1st around my house. Our neighbors, they have five mannequins that have coveralls and um, goalie masks on them. Not just one, not just two. There are five that come from whatever movie it is that has the coveralls and the mask. It gets better. In every window facing the street, there is a clown in the window, and the clown's like this. For a full month, anytime you pass that house, you get to see these mannequins that are six foot tall. Oh, no, taller than that, I'm six foot tall. They're taller than me. They're in the front yard staring at you anytime that you walk in, anytime I go for a walk, anytime I, I leave, and, and the neighbors think it is just so funny that this Halloween house is next to the preacher's house. <laughs> if I could get a blow up of Jesus, I would put it on my front lawn, honestly, just this whole glowing thing, and we could put lights on him, and it could just blare into the other, because it is just, it, it is beyond what I can, can you tell? It just disturbs me. It really does. And my, my uh, well, Susan and I's bedroom, it looks over this other yard, and so I have to stare 
at Jason or whoever it is in the neighbor's yards like for the next month. And it reminds me, I don't like scary movies. I, I, that is not my genre. I can't spell that, but I can't pronounce it. So it's not my genre of movie. You know, some other things I'm not crazy about? Snakes. You know, some other things I'm not, I could keep going to tell you all the things that I'm fearful of. Fear of the Lord, though. Psalm 9 and 110 says, is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord, not just the scary people in the yard next door, but a rightful understanding of who God is and how God's ways impact us makes all the difference. You want to be wise? I want to be wise. I pray that we would be part of the group who are wise and understanding. If so, we have to develop a healthy fear of God. Now, there's two parts of this fear of God that all throughout Scripture. One is the fear of God that God is God and we are not. If the President of the United States walked in that back door right now, there would be a certain difference in the air around here. Right? There would be a certain, oh, there's, regardless of our politics or anything else, it's like, there's the President of the United States. There is someone who is important and powerful and someone who is beyond, sort of. And hopefully one day we'll be able to say, she is here as well. Amen. But at this point, if the President of the United States, if he walks in the back door, there's a difference in how we sort of do things and appear and it needs to be the same way with God. I wonder if if we've just gotten too kind of used to God and have lowered God to some other level that just seems to be more comfortable and forgotten that God's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's the God who parted the Red Sea sent manna and dove to feed a group of people for about 40 years. God is amazing and powerful. Let's don't lose that. That's part of the fear of God. But the second fear of God is the, it's awe and reverence. Someone who we say, you have figured things out and we're going to follow you. When we fear God, we are willing to follow God's ways. Everyone is given wisdom. I'm convinced of it. That's what God wants to do. God wants to give us wisdom. And part of the wisdom is knowing God's ways and being able to do it. But I wonder if we're willing to do it, if we want to do it, if if we are so inclined to align our lives with the ways of God. See, God has a way of living for every person, body, mind, and spirit. God has a way that has been given to us through Holy Scripture about how we treat one another and how we treat ourselves and how we treat the environment and you name it. God has a a way of living. God has said in one point through his son Jesus that if someone hurts us, 
we're to forgive them 70 times 70, or 70 times 7, sorry. Now, I'm not good with math, but that's a lot. That's one of God's ways, that we're to be a people who are constantly forgiving others, not in retribution, not in getting even, but in forgiving. There's other parts of Scripture that say that all of our resources are a gift from God. And what we do with them, what we do with them, we steward them. And as we steward them, we share and we show our fear of God and willing to do his ways. And it can go on and on. God has ways for us to live that are just best and right. And when we fear God in a healthy way, what we say is, we, we know that you've figured it out, Lord, and we're going to walk in your ways. What, whatever you say is the way to live our lives, we're going to do that. And that's why it's incredibly important that we're here today for not only do you, for you to confirm your faith, but to begin the rest of your journey. For you never grow too seasoned or old or mature to stop learning about God's ways. That's why we do small groups. That's why we do worship every week. That's why we come together and support one another. You'll never graduate from Sunday school. That name may change at some point in the next decade or two. But we'll always need small groups to study the scripture and love one another and care for one another. You'll never graduate from giving to the things of God. And as God uses it to bring others into his love and his light, you'll never get too old to give yourself in service, to see a need and, and meet a need. And as you do that, guess what? God gives you more wisdom. God uses you and your understanding. James asked, who is wise and understanding? I pray that it would be all of us, but for the confirmands this morning, I pray that it would be you, that you would be the ones who would raise your hand and say, it is me. Lord, I do love you and love your ways, and I'm going to follow them, not only today, but all the days of my life. And here's what happens when a group of people decide to embrace God's wisdom and use it. James says, the wisdom from above is first pure. That word can be translated as faultless. First pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Sounds like a lot of things the world needs, doesn't it? Sounds like the world needs you. We pray that you will be wise and understanding. Gracious and most holy Lord, we thank you for these days that you uh, continually call us 
and uh, pour out your spirit upon us. I pray for the confirmands that they might be wise and full of understanding. Lord, help them lead us and help them be your witnesses. Lord, may we all be wise and understanding. May we receive the gift that you've given us and give it to others freely. For it is in your good name we pray. Amen and amen.